Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 75 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 158 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended July 23rd, 2019. Welcome. This was a truly remarkable week. We had nine impeachment hearing witnesses publicly testify. We've learned a lot of new things and a lot of the arguments of why Trump should not be impeached and a lot of his defenses have just disappeared this week. Unfortunately, that hasn't stopped Republicans from backing him and taking his side, even as facts turn against them. We're gonna be going through the testimony of those witnesses. We're also going to be going through some developments relating to the Mueller probe, other court hearings, and increasingly Trump stands alone as he seems to be, as we talked about last week, the voice for protecting himself other than a few allies that are publicly speaking up. Mostly it seems Republicans are in hiding, but he has not lost their support. So we're going to go through it this week. This was again another historical week. Uh, and beyond the impeachment inquiry, which went on for three days and riveted our country, um, there's a lot of other news and a lot of other developments that haven't even been covered. What's happening in these impeachment hearings is we're learning new things as we go and new faces like David Holmes, who came out last week in, in Bill Taylor's testimony as a person who overheard a July 26 call and last week gave a closed door deposition and testified this week. So it gives you a sense of how quickly new things can be brought to light. We're going to talk as we close out this week of some new things that were coming to light at the end of the week that we'll surely be talking about in the coming weeks. So it's also the longest list so far, uh, 279 not normal items. What I've tried to do with the testimony, which obviously was many hours long with each witness, is to take the most important facts that we haven't learned already. Several of these uh, witnesses had set out depositions already in public um, opening statements when they went and did their depositions. So some of the stuff we knew, so everything you're gonna hear from this week is things that we've learned from testimony. Um, so let's start off the week with on Saturday. This was, again, a strange way to start the week and still something that is, uh, mystery unsolved, I would just say. On Saturday, the White House said Trump underwent a partial examination at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center ahead of his annual physical. Trump had his last physical in February. Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham said Trump made the unscheduled visit, citing, quote, anticipating a very busy 2020. The president is taking advantage of a free weekend here in D.C. Sounds strange. She later appeared on Fox News, something that Trump loves to do, um, justice with Judge Jeanine's show, and said Trump is healthy as can be, and that speculation is, quote, wholly irresponsible and dangerous for the country. But again, out of nowhere, Trump left in the middle of a day Saturday to supposedly do some tests. Then later Friday, after midnight, Trump tweeted, quote, visited a great family of a young man under major surgery, adding, quote, also began phase one of my yearly physical. Everything was good, great, we'll complete next year. So again, none of that makes a lot of sense. We still don't know. On Monday, Dr. Sean Conley, Trump's physician, said in a memo that Trump, quote, 
has not had any chest pain, nor was he evaluated or treated, adding the visit was, quote, routine planned interim checkup. On Tuesday, Trump recounted First Lady Melania asking him about reporters, reports he had a heart attack, telling reporters he told her, quote, these people are sick, they're sick, and the press really in this country is dangerous. On Saturday, Democrat, this was also major news on Saturday, Democrat John Bell Edwards won the election for governor of Louisiana. After Trump, we had talked about it, held two rallies for the Republican running and had last week told the crowd days before, quote, you got to give me a big win, please, okay. Edwards won a red state, similar to Andy Bashar in Kentucky in week 156 by energizing African-Americans and moderate whites in and around urban centers. Trump won Louisiana by 20 points in 2016. So trouble signs. Kentucky, Louisiana, and even the governor race in Mississippi was a close race under five, what was just um, five to six points difference. On Saturday, House investigators released a transcript of Tim Morrison's deposition, closed door deposition. Morrison testified that Gordon Sumlin was in regular touch with Trump and claimed to be acting on his orders. Morrison said Sondland briefed Trump before the July 25th call and that until he spoke to Sondland on September 1, he had not drawn a connection between withholding Ukraine aid and an investigation. Morrison said he did not hear anything troubling on the July 25th call, unlike Alexander Vindmond, uh, but recommended access to it be limited, which is strange. He claimed the call was placed on a highly classified server by mistake. Morrison disputed Vindman's account that he asked for edits on the July 25th transcript to include a mention of Burisma, saying, quote, I believe it was complete and accurate, and Vindman's proposed changes were accepted. Morrison said John Bolton met with Trump privately in August in an effort to get him to release the $400 million in military aid to Ukraine. He said Bolton emerged and said Trump was, quote, not ready yet to release the money. The House also released a transcript of Jennifer Wilson's deposition. Williams claimed she was on the July 25th call and her contemporary nearest notes reflected Ukrainians. President Zelensky did mention Burisma, so she's agreeing with Vindman um, and not with Morrison. Williams said Trump's request for investigations on the July 25th call struck her as, quote, unusual and inappropriate and, quote, shed some light on possible other motivations for his decision to freeze aid to Ukraine. She said she found the call to be, quote, more specific to the president in nature, to his personal political agenda, than foreign policy objectives of the U.S. She put a hard copy of the call transcript in Vice, Vice President Mike Pence's briefing book. Williams also said Pence canceling his trip to Zelensky's inauguration was decided by Trump, she said she was given no explanation for the change of plans. On Sunday, Trump attacked Williams, referring to her as a never-Trumper, tweeting, quote, tell Jennifer Williams, whoever that is, to read both transcripts of the presidential calls and see the just release statement, which he misspelled the word statement. Trump added, then she would meet with the other never-Trumpers and work out a better presidential attack. In her testimony, Williams said she had reviewed the April 21 call transcript with Pence. Trump also tweeted, quote, the crazed do-nothing Democrats are turning impeachment into a routine partisan weapon that is very bad for our country and not what the founders had in mind. 
Trump added, quote, Republicans and others must remember the Ukrainian president and foreign minister both said that there was no pressure placed on them, adding, quote, by why isn't Germany, France, Europe paying? Trump also tweeted, where is the fake whistleblower? On Sunday, Trump attacked Fox News host Chris, w- Chris Wallace again, uh, tweeting he is, quote, nasty and obnoxious. And his, quote, dumb and unfair interview of Trump ally Steve Scalise, quote, would never have happened in the Fox News past. On Monday, Fox business host Neil Cavuto defended Wallace, saying journalists are, quote, obliged to question, adding, quote, the best we can do as journalists is to be fair to all. That's not fake doing that. On Sunday, the Wall Street Journal reported Sunland plans to testify Wednesday that he kept several Trump regime officials apprised of his Ukraine push, including White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and Energy Secretary Rick Perry. On Sunday, Speaker Pelosi told Face the Nation she has, quote, no idea if the impeachment inquiry will wrap up by year end, noting depositions could continue into Thanksgiving week and could lead to more hearings. Pelosi also said, quote, I will make sure he does not intimidate the whistleblower, adding, quote, I told the president you're in my wheelhouse when you come after the whistleblower. Pelosi also invited Trump to testify, saying, quote, if he has information that is exculpatory, then we look forward to seeing it, adding he could come right before the committee and talk, speak all the truths he wants. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer echoed Pelosi, telling reporters if Trump does not agree with what he is hearing, quote, he should come to the committee and testify under oath, adding, what is he hiding? On Monday, Trump tweeted, quote, our crazy do-nothing Speaker of the House, nervous Nancy Pelosi, suggested on Sunday's Deface the Nation that I testify about the phony impeachment witch hunt. Trump said he will, quote, strongly consider testifying, quote, in order to get Congress focused again, adding, quote, even though I did nothing wrong and I don't like giving credibility to this no-due process hoax. On Monday, an ABC News poll found 70% of Americans think Trump's request for Ukraine to investigate a political rival was wrong. Just 25% said his actions were not wrong. The poll also found 51% say Trump should be impeached and removed, 6% say his actions were wrong, but he should not be impeached, and 13% impeached but not removed. On Monday, NBC News reported Trump has turned his ire on the impeachment inquiry to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo as diplomats from state testify, threatening to bring down his presidency. Trump confronted Pompeo at an October 29th White House lunch about his lackluster effort to stop diplomats from testifying. Trump also blames him for choosing William Taylor, who has provided damaging testimony. Trump criticized Pompeo for hiring a never-Trumper on Twitter on October 23rd. And then on October 26th, Pompeo was excluded as Trump sat with his national security briefing team ahead of during the raid that killed ISIS leader al-Baghdadi. Pompeo is also under siege from State Department staffers. His decision to allow the State Department to help cover legal fees of officers, however, ensnared in the impeachment inquiry could further strain his relationship with Trump. On Monday, Pompeo told reporters, quote, I always defend State Department employees, but declined to answer questions relating to William Taylor and Maria Yovanovitch's impeachment hearing testimony. 
Pompeo denied any, quote, nefarious purposes for Yovanovitch's recall, adding the State Department is doing a fantastic job. I think we've delivered in a way that the Obama administration has not delivered on Ukraine. On Tuesday, Time reported Pompeo planned to stay at the State Department until early spring 2020 and then run for Senate, but is worried the impeachment inquiry is hurting his reputation and straining his relationship with Trump. On Monday, The Hill editor-in-chief Bob Cusack said in an email to staffers the paper was reviewing and updating John Solomon's Ukraine columns. Yovanovitch testified his work was part of a smear campaign against her. On Tuesday, CNN reported Jimmy Finkelstein, the owner of The Hill, has been friends with Trumps for decades and boasts about their close friendship. Hill staffers revolted over Solomon's columns and how they were handled. On Monday, Politico reported David Holmes said in testimony behind closed doors that he vividly recalled the conversation because Trump spoke so loudly that it caused Solomon to wince and hold the phone away from his ear. Holmes was concerned Russia was monitoring the call given two of the three mobile networks in Ukraine are Russian-owned, and, quote, we generally assume that mobile communications in Ukraine is being monitored. Holmes said, quote, I've never seen anything like this, adding, quote, a conversation of this level of candor, colorful language. He reported the call to a supervisor. He will publicly testify on Thursday alongside Fiona Hill. He was added again early in this week. As of last week, we didn't even know who he was until the end of the week. On Monday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said he, quote, can't imagine a scenario under which the Senate would remove Trump, saying House Democrats are, quote, seized with Trump derangement syndrome. McConnell also complained about the lack of civility in political discourse, saying, quote, people are acting out. We need to learn how to behave better, how to disagree without anger. On Monday, CNN reported prosecutors in the Southern District of New York have contacted people associated with Ukraine's state-run oil and gas company, Naftogas, as part of an investigation into Rudy Giuliani and his associates. Prosecutors are investigating whether Giuliani, Igor Fruman, and Lev Parnas tried to secure energy deals. Fruman and Parnas also worked to oust Andrei Kobolai, who was known for his anti-corruption reforms. On Tuesday, AP reported a lawyer for Andrew Fagarov, the director of Integrated Gas Division at Naftogas, said he will cooperate in the probe into Giuliani and will meet voluntarily with the Department of Justice. On Sunday, Trump tweeted, Our great farmers will receive, he spelled that wrong, another major round of cash compliments of China tariffs. Payments are the second part of a three-trunch, $16 billion federal aid package. We've talked about how 40% of the revenues that a governor that farmers are making now is, comes from government subsidies. We also have talked about in past weeks the record number of bankruptcies of farmers because of Trump's tariffs. On Monday, Trump met with Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell at the White House, Trump tweeted the meeting was, quote, good and cordial, and, quote, everything was discussed, including interest rates. While it is not uncommon for a president to meet with a Fed chair, it is uncommon to discuss rates. In a statement after, the Fed said monetary policy is, quote, based solely on careful, objective, and non-political analysis. 
On Monday, CBS News reported San Diego billionaire Doug Manchester, Trump's nominee for U.S. Ambassador for the Bahamas, was asked by the RNC for another 500,000 donation as he awaits Senate confirmation. Manchester, whose nomination has been stalled in the Senate, was first appointed by Trump the day after he was sworn in, after donating $1 million to Trump's inauguration fund. On Monday, Mina Chang, who we talked about last week, a high-ranking State Department staffer who reportedly inflated her resume, resigned, saying it was the only acceptable moral and ethical option for me at this time. On Monday, Paul Erickson, remember him, the former boyfriend of Russian agent Maria Butina, pleaded guilty to wire fraud and money laundering. The case was separate from the one against Butina. On Monday, the Washington Post reported the IRS whistleblower who filed a complaint in August saying at least one Trump political appointee at Treasury tried to interfere with an audit of Trump or Pence filed additional documents. The IRS whistleblower met with staffers for Senator Charles Grassley and Ron Wyden, the chair and ranking member of the Senate Finance Committee, earlier this month. Follow-up interviews are expected. On Monday, Supreme Court Chief John Roberts temporarily halted a ruling that required Trump's accounting firm to turn over his tax returns and gave the House Oversight Committee until Thursday to respond. On Thursday, House lawyers urged the Supreme Court to reject Trump's attempt to shield his tax returns, citing the, quote, rapidly advancing impeachment inquiry puts their case on even stronger grounds. On Thursday, the second case involving Trump's tax returns, Manhattan DA Cy Vance urged the Supreme Court in an opposition brief to stay out of the fight for Trump's tax returns, citing the courts have already ruled unanimously in two seminal cases. On Tuesday, lawyers for the House Judiciary Committee asked a federal judge for an expedited ruling on whether Don McGahn should abide by their subpoena to testify as part of the House impeachment inquiry. Lawyers noticed noted the, quote, need for McGahn's testimony has become even more pressing. Part of the committee's inquiry is related to whether Trump was truthful in his written testimony as Roger Stone was convicted of lying. On Tuesday, the judge said she would rule by November 25th on the House lawsuit seeking to enforce a subpoena against McCann, who skipped testifying in May. House Democrats filed a lawsuit in August. On Tuesday, a Manhattan appeals court judge dismissed Trump's request to dismiss Summers Service's defamation lawsuit and cleared the way for Trump to be deposed. The judge agreed to fast-track Trump's appeal. On Tuesday, Watchdog Group, American Oversight, obtained emails under the Freedom of Information Act showing U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley sent confidential information on private email after losing her classified password system. On Tuesday, the White House faced fresh allegations of dishonesty after Press Secretary Grisham said in a radio interview that Obama aides, quote, left you will fail and other disparaging notes for incoming Trump regime members. No other Trump aides have made similar allegations. Obama aides pushed back at the suggestion saying it was a lie. Later in the day, Grisham tried to walk back her story saying she viewed the action as a harmless prank. On Thursday, Politico reported newly released documents show the Secret Service spent more than 250,000 at Trump's properties in the first five months of 2017, the majority was spent at Trump's golf courses.
now some international news. On Sunday, Hong Kong police stormed Hong Kong Polytechnic University, which was occupied by protesters. Universities have become the new battleground for protests after months of arrests. On Sunday, Guardian reported UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson met with an ex-KGB agent at a lavish Italian party in April 2018 without his personal security detail, a month after the nerve agent attack in Salisbury. Senior UK officials blamed the delayed release of the UK intelligence investigation into Russian interference in Brexit on wanting to protect Johnson's relationship with Trump, given what the report says on Trump. On Sunday, AP reported Defense Secretary Mark Esper said the U.S. and South Korea have indefinitely postponed joint exercises in an act of goodwill towards North Korea to keep the door open to to diplomacy. The move comes as Japan's defense minister, whose country feels threatened by North Korea, told Esper, quote, no one could be optimistic about changing the North's behavior. On Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, Mr. Chairman, Joe Biden may be sleepy and very slow, adding, quote, I am the only one who can get you where you have want to be, and you should act quickly, get the deal done, see you soon. On Monday, an advisor to North Korea leader Kim Jong-un snubbed Trump, saying, quote, we are no longer interested in such talks that bring nothing to us, adding Trump has not earned a new summit to brag about. This is a third-rate dictator stuffing Trump, like this happens all the time. On Tuesday, NBC News reported the Foreign Policy Research Institute found about the 2020 Democratic candidates that Tulsi Gibbards is the most popular with Russian propagandists, She's 46% favorable, 44% unfavorable, and Joe Biden the least with only 3% favorable, 53% unfavorable. Researchers, which analyzed more than 1,700 news stories put out by Sputnik, Russia Today, and RT, found a similar pattern, pattern to Russia backing Trump over Hillary Clinton in 2016. On Wednesday, NBC News reported that Trump hosted a previously undisclosed dinner for Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and board member Peter Thiel in October, the second meeting in recent months between Facebook and Trump. On Wednesday, Betty Gantz failed to form a government in Israel, deepening the political crisis and making it likely Israel will need to hold a third national election in less than a year. On Thursday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was indicted on bribery, fraud, and breach of trust charges. Netanyahu is not legally required to step down, but the charges put his political future in doubt. This is the first time in Israeli history that a sitting president, excuse me, sitting prime minister has been indicted. Members of Netanyahu's right-wing Likud party called for a primary challenge ahead of the next election. Shortly later, in a televised statement, Netanyahu called the corruption charges against him a, quote, attempted coup, which is, quote, tainted by extraneous considerations aiming to bring down a right-wing prime minister. On Friday, Netanyahu told reporters, quote, police and investigators are not above the law, and parroting Trump said, quote, the time has come to investigate the investigators. On Thursday, a Federal Elections Commission disclosure showed the RNC paid almost $100,000 to Books a Million in October 29th to buy Donald Jr.'s new book, 
days before it was released and leading to it being a top seller. On Saturday, the FBI revealed Richard Tobin, who was 18, of Brooklyn, New Jersey, directed a far-right network to vandalize synagogues in Michigan and Wisconsin last September in what he called Operation Kristallnacht. On Sunday, Christine Blasey Ford received the ACLU Courage Award. Dr. Ford said, quote, I was not prepared for the venom, the persistent attacks. I was prepared to be physically, I was not prepared to be physically threatened and forced out of my home. On Monday, NBC News reported the Trump regime is preparing to publish a rule that would send migrants who pass through Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras back to those countries before they can seek asylum. Immigration advocates said the three countries should not be deemed, quote, safe third countries, and that the Trump regime bullied the governments into signing agreements that will be deadly for asylum seekers sent back. On Monday, Media Matters reported Clarence Mason Weaver, an advisory board member of Black Voices for Trump, believes women should thrive to be handmaidens, they should be submissive, and stay out of the workplace. On Tuesday, Patrick Carleone Jr., 55, an Islamophobic man from Addison, New York, pleaded guilty to threatening to kill Representative Ilhan Omar. Although he faces 10 years, Omar asked the judge for compassion in his sentencing. On Tuesday, NBC News reported a second batch of leaked emails show Stephen Miller had more editorial influence over Breitbart during the 2016 campaign than was previously known. At the time, Miller was not only pushing anti-Marco Rubio stories, but also fed the website anti-immigration stories. More than 80 Democratic members of Congress have called on Miller to resign. On Wednesday, University of Georgia confirmed reports that swastikas were drawn on Jewish students' doors earlier this year. One student said the letters of a Jewish sorority, Sigma Delta Ta, were torn off her door. On Thursday, a jury acquitted humanitarian worker Scott Warren, who was arrested by Border Patrol in week 135 for harboring two migrants and providing them food and shelter in the Arizona desert. That was good news. On Tuesday, just after midnight, now we're going to get back into, okay, so we've, we've done some things around the world. We've talked about everyday hate in America under Trump. Now we're going to get into some of the impeachment hearings. They were this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, on Tuesday, just after midnight, Trump falsely quoted Fox News, tweeting, quote, Pelosi just stated that it is dangerous to let voters decide Trump's fate. The quote was from Fox News reporter Mike Emanuel an hour prior. Trump continued, in other words, she thinks I'm going to win and doesn't want to take a chance on letting the voters decide. Adding, quote, like Al Green, she wants to change our voting system, and wow, she's crazy. Pelosi said in a Dear Colleague memo, quote, the weak response to these hearings has been let the election decide, calling that a dangerous position, citing Trump is jeopardizing the integrity of the 2020 election. Finally. (laughs) Finally, they're saying that out loud. I've been saying that for a year on on this podcast. Finally. Pelosi is saying that he is jeopardizing the integrity of the 2020 election and that her that House members better take impeachment very seriously and not count on it to uh, be a fair election. Late Monday, 
Senator Ron Johnson wrote in a letter, Vindman fits a profile of a, quote, significant number of bureaucrats and staff members within the executive branch who have never accepted President Trump as legitimate. So again, this is all happening Monday night before Vindman is set to testify on Tuesday. Trump called Vindman a, quote, never Trumper. Fox News host Laura Ingram said he, quote, worked against the president's interests and Representative Douglas Collins cited, quote, concern regarding the credibility and judgment of Vindman in a letter. Tim Morrison also questioned Vindman's judgment and was critical of his going directly to White House attorney John Eisenberg rather than up the chain of command. Eisenberg had told Vindman to come to him directly. The Wall Street Journal reported the Army is ready to relocate Vindman and his family to an Army base to protect him and has stepped up patrols of his home and security assessment after Trump and allies have attacked him. I need to repeat that. The Wall Street Journal reported the Army is ready to relocate Vindman and his family to an Army base to protect them because Trump and his allies are bullying and spreading hate about him that could put them in danger. On Tuesday, Vindman and Jennifer Williams, who again on Sunday Trump treated was a never-Trumper, testified in the morning in the impeachment inquiry. Uh, Both were on the July 25th call. In the afternoon, Kurt Volker and Tim Morrison testified on Tuesday. In his opening statement, Vindman denounced smears of government officials testifying, saying, quote, the vile character attacks on these distinguished and honorable public servants is reprehensible. Vindman closed out his statement addressing his father, saying, quote, Dad, my sitting here today is proof you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. Vindman said on the July 25th call, he took Trump's request to Zelensky to open investigations into the 2000 election, the Bidens and Burisma, as demands, citing the power disparity between the two men. Vindman said, quote, frankly, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I, w- I was, in certain regards, my worst fears of how our Ukraine policy could play out and, quote, was likely to have a significant implications for U.S. national security. Both Vindman and Williams said they knew of no one at the National Security Council, the State Department, or Pentagon who was in favor of holding up aid to Ukraine and described Giuliani's outsized influence. Williams was asked by House Democrats about Trump's Sunday tweet attacking her, saying it looked like witness intimidation. She said, quote, it certainly surprised me. I was not expected to be called out by name. Republican counsel questioned Vindman over dual loyalties, asking him about an offer to be Ukraine's defense minister. Vindman said he took the offer as a joke and reported it to his superiors and counterintelligence. Fox News picked up on the inquiry and moments later sent out an alert saying, quote, Vindman says Ukrainian officials offered him the job of Ukrainian defense minister. GOP Representative Jim Jordan said Morrison and Hill raised questions on Vindman's judgment. Vindman read his performance review by Hill, which said, quote, Alex is a top 1% military officer and the best army officer I have worked with. During the testimony, the official White House Twitter account tweeted, quote, Tim Morrison, Alexander Vindman's former boss, testified in his deposition that he had concerns about Vindman's judgment. 
Representative Joaquin Castro asked Vindman if he was aware of any evidence that Ukraine interfered in 2016. Vindman responded, I am not, adding, this is a Russian narrative that President Putin has promoted. Later Tuesday, Trump spoke to reporters from a cabinet meeting, his first public appearance in days. He said of Vindman, quote, I understand now he wears his uniform when he goes in. No, I don't know Vindman at all. Trump also said, quote, we have to get USMCA signed. Nancy Pelosi can't get it off her desk, adding the woman is grossly incompetent. All she wants to do is focus on impeachment, which is a little pipe dream she's got. Trump also accused Pelosi of using USMCA to get impeachment votes, calling it a, quote, kangaroo court headed by little shifty Schiff, where we don't have lawyers, we don't have witnesses, we don't have anything. Trump added, quote, they're using this impeachment hoax for their own political gain to damage the GOP and him, saying, quote, but it's had the opposite effect and falsely claiming I'm the highest I've ever been in the polls. Shortly after, Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, NSA to Pence, who was on the July 25th call, contradicted Williams' testimony, saying he, quote, heard nothing wrong or improper on the July 25th call. On Tuesday, ahead of his public testimony, Kurt Volker revised his closed-door house testimony, citing, quote, I have learned many things that I did not know at the time of the events in question. Volker had testified that investigations were not discussed at the July 10th meeting. He said he now recalled that Sondland made a generic comment about investigations and that, quote, all of us thought it was inappropriate. So this is, again, Sondland changed his testimony, and now Volker, on Tuesday, changed his testimony as well. Volker testified, quote, I opposed the hold on U.S. security assistance as soon as I learned about it on July 18th, but thought they could turn it around before Ukrainians knew, adding, quote, I did not know the reason for the hold. Volker claimed he did not understand that request for Ukraine, that Ukraine investigate Burisma was related to the Bidens saying the former investigation would be appropriate and remarkable, but the latter unacceptable. Volker said there was no direct quid pro quo, but in his attempts to set up a meeting between Trump and Zelensky, he tried to negotiate a statement by Zelensky promising investigations of the 2016 election and Burisma. But again, he claimed he didn't understand that Burisma was the Bidens. Volker disputed part being part of being of a irregular channel of Ukraine policy and said he had never heard of the term three amigos, referencing himself, Secretary Perry and Sondland, adding, quote, I frankly cringe when I hear it. Morrison said being on the July 25th call, he feared, quote, how its disclosure would play in Washington's political climate. My fears have been realized and urged lawmakers, quote, not to lose sight of the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Morrison said he recommended that access to the July 25th call transcript be restricted, but that its placement onto a highly classified computer system was a, quote, administrative error. Morrison said he was surprised that Vindman went to Eisenberg, not him, after the July 25th call. Vindman said he did so at Bolton's direction. Morrison and Vindman was frustrated over being excluded from meetings. Morrison said he did not skip his own chain of command by going to Eisenberg after the call, saying he was required to go to Charles Cooperman for only administrative matters. So again, he's criticizing 
Vinman for going directly to Eisenberg, but then he also went directly to Eisenberg. And he says he doesn't understand there was anything wrong with his call. And it was administrative error to put it in the highly classified server. Oh, this stuff with Morrison does not add up. Morrison said he was told on in a September 1 conversation with Sondland that, quote, Ukrainians would have to be have the prosecutor general make a statement with respect to the investigations as a condition of having the aid lifted. The Washington Post editorial board noted two witnesses requested by Republicans, Volcker and Morrison, added to the evidence that Trump abused his office. Their testimony was sharply different than the narrative pushed by Representative Devin Nunes. Later Tuesday, the Washington Examiner reported Republicans are shifting strategy to accepting quid pro quo did occur, but now saying it does not matter and it's relatively common occurrence with foreign aid. So again, and this is just one day of testimony and the Republicans already had to change their mantra, no longer denying quid pro quo because everybody, including their own witnesses, seemed to indicate there was quid pro quo. Uh, on Wednesday, Russian President Vladimir Putin said at an investment conference in Moscow that he has, quote, great respect for the U.S. and hopes Russia will not be accused of meddling in the 2020 U.S. election. Putin noted the blame has been shifted to Ukraine, saying, quote, hopefully no one accuses us of election interference in the United States. Now they're accusing Ukraine. We'll let them deal with that themselves. On Wednesday, Sondland testified, and this was quite a thing. In the impeachment inquiry, in his opening statement, he said of the central question in the impeachment inquiry, quote, was there quid pro quo? The answer is yes. Sondland's 19-page opening statement, including texts and emails not previously made public and was filled with new details and disclosures, saying his memory had been refreshed by other testimony. Sondland complained several times about the State Department's refusal to release over his materials, which he said would have been helpful in reconstructing who he spoke to and met with, when, and what was said. Sondland said that he and other senior regime officials, quote, followed the president's orders, coordinating with Giuliani on getting Ukraine to launch investigations. Trump directed them, quote, talk to Rudy. Sondland said, quote, Giuliani was expressing the desires of the president of the United States and that they were carrying out Trump's wishes saying, quote, we knew that these investigations were important to the president. He said he worked with Giuliani on this, quote, at the express direction of the president of the United States, adding there was no secret about what was happening in the regime, and, quote, everyone was in the loop. He said Perry, Volcker, and himself did not want to work with Giuliani. We did not want to work with Giuliani. Simply put, we were playing the hands we were dealt adding, we followed the president's orders. Sondland said that Zelensky, quote, had to announce the investigation. He didn't have to actually do them. Sondland said, although he was not directly told aid was tied to investigations, it was, quote, abundantly clear that was the case. Sondland said he did not know why aid was being withheld, but that he, quote, shared concerns with the potential quid pro quo regarding the, secretary aid, the security aid with Senator Ron Johnson and Ukrainian officials. Sondland said Pompeo, quote, was aware that the commitment to investigate was among the issues we were pursuing. And quote, the State Department was fully supportive of our engagement and commitment to investigations. 
Sondland also testified, quote, based on my communications with Secretary Pompeo, that he felt comfortable telling a top Zelensky aide that funds would, be, would not be unfrozen until Ukraine committed publicly to investigations. Sondland said he spoke to Pence before he met with Zelensky in Warsaw on September 1 and told him, quote, that I had concerns that the delay in aid had become tied to the issue of investigations. Sondland read from a July 19th email he sent to Mulvaney, Pompeo, Perry, and others, in which he told them Zelensky would conduct, quote, a fully transparent investigation and, quote, turn over every stone. Fox News anchor Chris Wallace said Sondland, quote, took out the bus and ran over President Trump, Vice President Pence, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, Rudy Giuliani, Milk Mulvaney, adding, quote, he implicates all of them. Fox News contributor Ken Starr questioned if Sondland flipping would cause GOP senators to push Trump to resign and later added, quote, articles of impeachment are being drawn if they haven't already been drawn up. Sondland also confirmed David Holmes' account of his July 26 call with Trump, saying, quote, it did not strike me as significant, and, quote, I would have been more surprised if Trump did not mention investigations. However, Sondland said that in the call and in others, he had no, quote, recollection of discussing Vice President Biden or his son. Sondland, Morrison, and Volcker all claimed they did not connect Burisma to the Bidens. An August 26 email from Sondland showed he provided Bolton with Giuliani's contact information days before Bolton traveled to Ukraine, saying Bolton's office had, quote, requested Mr. Giuliani's contact information. During the testimony, Trump spoke to reporters outside the White House before heading to Texas while reading off a piece of paper. He said of Sondland, seems like a nice guy, but added, I don't know him very well. Trump read from his notes, recounting a September 9th conversation with Sondland when he told him, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo, tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. So that's what Trump read off this piece of paper as he was speaking to reporters. September 9th was also the day the House Intelligence Committee learned of the whistleblower's complaint. Sondland was relaying in testimony what Trump had told him to tell Taylor. Trump also told reporters, quote, that means it's all over, and read this from read this again from his notes, in all capitalized black letters, quote, this is the final word from the President of the United States. I want nothing. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, impeachment witch hunt is now over, citing, he said, and all in capital letters, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo, tell President Zelensky to do the right thing. During the testimony, Giuliani tweeted Sondland was, quote, speculating based on very little contact. I never met him, had very few calls with him, mostly with Volcker. Minutes later, Giuliani deleted the tweet. Shortly after, Mark Short, Pence's chief of staff, issued a statement saying Pence never spoke to Sondland about investigating the Biden's Burisma or the conditional release of financial aid to Ukraine. A State Department spokesman said, quote, Sondland never told Secretary Pompeo that he believed the president was leaking aid to the investigation of political corruption. A suggestion to the contrary is flat out false. So everyone is like fighting back uh, from the damage that Sondland did on Wednesday morning. Later Wednesday, Laura Cooper and David Hill testified in the impeachment hearing. Cooper said military aid to Ukraine was critically important, and she did not know over the summer why it was withheld. 
Cooper said since her closed-door deposition. She has learned from her staffers Ukraine reached out to them as early as July 25th to ask what was going on with military aid, significantly earlier than previously known. Trump allies have claimed Ukrainians did not know aid was being withheld until August 28th. Cooper also said during the week of August 6th, her staffers interacted with Ukrainian officials who raised the hold on aid. Although Republicans repeatedly claimed Democrats would not allow their witnesses, Hill was the third on their list. Hill said Pompeo did call Fox News host Sean Hannity about Yovanovitch, which Pompeo denied. Hill also said Giuliani was behind allegations that led to Yovanovitch being ousted, adding, quote, I believe she should be able to stay at that post and continue to do her outstanding work. Hale said the first time he heard of investigations into the Bidens and the 2016 election was in March, when Yovanovitch emailed him, quote, speculating on the motives of various actors behind the smear campaign. Hale said at a July 26 interagency meeting chaired by Cooperman, all agencies advocated for resuming aid to Ukraine. The Office of Management and Budget said aid was on freeze and that order came from Trump through Mulvaney. On Wednesday, a Gallup poll found Trump's approval for November 1 to 14 was at 43% from 41% in October. His disapproval fell from 57 to 40 to 54. On Thursday, American Research Group found Trump's approval at 37%, while 60% disapproved. So again, I'm just letting us know for history that the approval numbers were all over the place. Those are two polls with vastly different results. And then on Thursday, an Emerson poll, which Trump cited for the rest of the days of this week, found 34% of independents support impeachment. 49% are against it. A sharp move from October when 48% supported. So support went down from 48 to 34% with independent voters. On Wednesday, Yahoo News reported the FBI reached out to the lawyer for the CIA whistleblower to ask to interview them. No interview has been scheduled, and it's unclear what the scope of that questioning would be. On Wednesday, lawyers for Vindman sent a warning letter to Fox News seeking a retraction or correction of an October segment by host Laura Ingram, suggesting Vindman might be guilty of espionage. The letter said the statement, quote, sparked a torrent of, rep- of republications and copycat false charges. The letter also highlighted other inflammatory statements made on Fox News by Donald Jr. and host Tucker Carlson. Fox News responded on the Ingram segment saying, quote, as a guest on Fox News, John Yu was responsible for his own sentiments and he has, quote, subsequently done interviews to clarify what he meant. Later Wednesday, Trump held a publicity stunt at an Apple plant that had been making high-end computers since 2013. Trump accepted a plate with the words assembled in USA. Shortly after Trump tweeted the falsehood, today I opened a major Apple manufacturing plant in Texas that will bring high-paying jobs back to America. Apple needs waivers on components from China. On Thursday, Senator Johnson became the fifth person to respond to Salman's testimony, um, saying in a radio interview that Salman, quote, never used the word quid pro quo, saying, quote, he described to me some kind of arrangement, and when asked Trump, he adamantly denied it. On Thursday, Trump attacks Fox News for its impeachment coverage, tweeting why they, quote, waste time on Representative 
Eric Swalwell, who's a Democrat, saying, quote, Fox should stay with people that got them there, not losers. Trump added, quote, the Republican Party and me had a great day yesterday with respect to the phony impeachment hoax. But you, quote, would not have no idea that they were reporting on the same event, fake and corrupt news. Trump also tweeted, quote, Bob Mueller, after spending two years and $45 million, went over all my financials and my taxes and found nothing, adding the witch hunt continues and, quote, is not legal. Trump added, but I'm clean, adding when I release my financial statements, my decision, sometime prior to election, it will show that I am richer than people even thought, and that is a good thing. Trump continued, I never in my wildest dreams thought my name would be in any way associated with the ugly word impeachment, adding the calls were perfect and great corruption and dishonesty by Schiff. Trump also called Democrats human scum, saying corrupt politician Adam Schiff's lies are growing by the day, telling Republicans keep fighting tough and citing the most unfair hearings in American history. Trump also tweeted, but we are winning big and they will soon be on our turf, referring to the Senate. Trump quoted attorney Sam Dewey on Fox News, tweeting, quote, the new House resolution gives Adam Schiff, the most dishonest man in politics, the power unilaterally to release edited transcripts. Trump again quoted Dewey, tweeting, nothing gives Schiff jurisdiction over impeachment. Trump then retweeted his first tweet of the morning. Trump then tweeted, read the two transcripts of Ukrainian calls. So I think what you're hearing this week, similar to what you heard last week, is a lot of the defense of Trump coming from Trump and very, uh, very few others outside of the Republicans, obviously, that need to do what they're doing in the, in the impeachment inquiry. You don't hear much anybody else publicly other than his, his real sycophants like Lindsey Graham and Ron Johnson and you know, the real hardcores willing to back him publicly. On Thursday at her weekly news conference, Speaker Pelosi told reporters, quote, we haven't made any decision on whether there's enough evidence to impeach Trump, and in quote, the day's not over. Pelosi also indicated there may be more witnesses saying, quote, testimony of one person may lead to the need of testimony of another, and lashed out at Republicans for, quote, the defense of Trump's behavior. Pelosi said Trump's violated his, his oath of office, saying, quote, the facts are uncontested as to what happened, and adding, quote, when we see a violation of the Constitution, we have no, vo no choice but to act. Pelosi said Trump, quote, used his office for his personal gain, undermined U.S. national security by withholding aid to Ukraine that, to the benefit of Russians and undermined the integrity of our elections. Pelosi said on reluctant witnesses, quote, we're not going to wait till the courts decide, adding that might be information that's available to the Senate, and, quote, it's a technique, it's obstruction of justice, obstruction of Congress. On Thursday, this was quite a thing to see, and it's this week's picture, Fiona Hill and David Holmes testified in the impeachment hearing. Hill is the co-author of a 500-page book which analyzes the psyche of Putin and is the foremost expert on Russia. Hill criticized Republicans for propagating a, quote, fictional narrative that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 election, saying, quote, these fictions are harmful, even if they are deployed for purely domestic political purposes. Hill said of the investigation, quote, 
I would ask that you please do not promote politically driven falsehoods that so clearly advance Russian interests. And in quote, I refuse to be part of an effort to legitimize an alternative narrative. Hill said, quote, President Putin and Russian security services operate like a super PAC, deploying millions of dollars to interfere, and that Russia will do it again in 2020, saying time is, quote, running out to stop them. Hill said Russia's goal is to delegitimize the president and to put whoever won in 2016, Trump or Clinton, under a cloud, adding it's a playbook they will run again in 2020. Hill said Trump's pressure campaign was purely political and had nothing to do with reforming corruption in Ukraine, the explanation frequently cited by Trump and Republicans. After a deposition, Hill had described a, quote, shadow foreign policy run by Sondland, but said after his testimony, she realized that he kept Trump, Mulvaney, and Pompeo in the loop about his efforts. So it wasn't run by Sondland. Hill described a July 10th meeting with Ukrainians, after which Sondland told her, quote, that he had an agreement with Chief of Staff Mulvaney that in return for investigations, this meeting with Trump would get scheduled. Hill said when she told Bolton, he said, quote, I am not part of whatever drug deal Sondland and Mulvaney are cooking up and told her to report her conversations to White House lawyer Eisenberg. Hill said Bolton told her that, quote, Giuliani's a hand grenade who's going to blow everything up, which she took to mean Giuliani was, quote, pushing views that would come back to haunt us, adding that's where we are today. Hill said after Yovanovitch's ouster, she had confirmed Sondland with her concerns, confronted Sondland with her concerns, and he told her that, quote, he was in charge of Ukraine. And when she asked, who put you in charge, Sondland said the president. Hill said she now realized Sondland was, quote, involved in a domestic political errand when we were involved in national security foreign policy. Adding, she told him, quote, this is going to blow up and here we are. Holmes also said she was convinced in late August that Trump froze military aid for the investigation, calling it a, quote, expression of dissatisfaction with the Ukrainians who had not yet agreed to the Burisma-Biden investigation. Both Hill and Holmes made it clear that Burisma was code for Biden and that anyone who worked on Ukraine would know that, contradicting public testimony by Volker, Morrison, and Sondland. Holmes testified about the July 26 call between Trump and Sondland, saying after the call, Sondland told him that Trump cared only about the, quote, big stuff that benefits the president, like the Biden investigations. As Holmes testified, Trump tweeted, quote, I have been watching people make phone calls my entire life, adding my hearing in my hearing is and has been great, questioning Holmes being able to hear or understand a conversation. Holmes also said at the lunch, someone asked why Giuliani was, quote, so active in the media with respect to Ukraine. And someone responded, quote, damn it, Rudy. Every time Rudy gets involved with everything, he fucks everything up. On Thursday, during the hearings, Trump hosted Senate Republicans for lunch, including Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, and Lisa Murkowski was invited but did not attend. After the lunch with roughly six senators, Trump passed around a manuscript of his first call with Zelensky and discussed which witnesses should be called in the Senate trial. On Thursday, AP reported public testimony provided loads of evidence but that one of the holes is that no witness could attest to Trump directly conditioning the release of 400 million aid to an announcement of the investigations, 
Without direct proof, Republican support in the House seemed to remain intact, despite witnesses showing Trump was willing to leverage the president to push a foreign government for personal political help. On Thursday, the Daily Beast reported that, according to Andrzej Yermak, Lev Parnas was with Giuliani in Madrid when he met with them in Madrid earlier the year and urged him to investigate the Bidens. On Thursday, after the impeachment hearings, Senate Judiciary Chair Lindsey Graham sent a letter to Secretary Pompeo as part of launching a probe of Biden, Burisma, and Ukraine. Graham asked for any calls Joe Biden had with former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko relating to the firing of the country's top prosecutor and Burisma, investigating unsubstantiated claims on the prosecutor's firing. On Friday, Joe Biden said in an interview, quote, Lindsay is about to go down in a way that I think he's going to regret his whole life. Adding of Lindsay, quote, I'm just embarrassed by what you're doing for you. I mean, my Lord. On Thursday, former Fox News anchor Shepard Smith announced at a Committee to Protect Journalists event that he would donate $500,000 to the nonprofit group, which advances fresh press freedoms around the world. Smith told the crowd, quote, autocrats have learned how to use those same online tools to shore up their power. They flood the world with information, with garbage and lies masquerading as news. There's a phrase for that. On Friday, Trump appeared on Fox and Friends for 53 minutes. PolitiFact found many of Trump's points were, quote, either inaccurate or repeated debunked conspiracy theories. Trump falsely claimed, quote, they were spying on my campaign, adding, this was an overthrow attempt as the president. They tried to overthrow my presidency. This is a disgrace. Trump said, quote, Adam Schiff is a sick puppy, but that his July 25th call was appropriate, perfect, nice, and everything. Adding Zelensky said, quote, what are they talking about? They must think we're nuts in this country. Trump said of impeachment, quote, frankly, I want a trial, adding Pelosi is, quote, crazy as a bed bug. She is nuts. And, quote, the one I want to testify most is Shifty Schiff. And I want to find out why did he make up my statement? Trump said he knew the identity of the whistleblower, saying, quote, I know exactly who it is. Tell the host, quote, by the way, you know who the whistleblower is, too. Otherwise, you're not doing your job. Everyone knows it. Trump said a, quote, historic report by the Department of Justice IG is coming. And, quote, I don't like to use the word deep state. I just say they're really bad, sick people and mentioned the, quote, modern day version of whatever wiretapping may be. Trump repeated the debunked conspiracy theory about Ukraine's 2016 involvement, saying, quote, they gave the server to CrowdStrike or whatever it's called, which is a company owned by a very wealthy Ukrainian. CrowdStrike is a U.S. cybersecurity firm hired by the DNC in May 2016 to investigate the breach of its server. Conspiracy theorists claim the company's chief technology officer is Ukrainian, but he was born in Russia. Trump asked, quote, why isn't Germany putting up money? Why isn't France putting up money for Ukraine? Why is it all of the European nations, why aren't they putting up? In actuality, the EU has put up $15 billion since 2014. Trump falsely claimed a Volcker, quote, I don't know him, and quote, this guy Sondland hardly know him, and praised Giuliani, adding, if he goes to a country, and quote, you hear it's corrupt, I mean, it means a lot. 
Trump said of Yovanovitch, quote, she's an Obama person, adding, quote, everyone says she's so wonderful. She wouldn't hang my picture in the embassy. And, quote, this was not an angel, this woman, okay? Trump also said of Yovanovitch, quote, I said, why are you being so kind? Well, sir, she's a woman. We have to be nice. Adding, quote, she's very tough. I heard bad things. Shortly after, lawyers for Yovanovitch said in a statement, quote, the embassy in Kiev hung the official photographs of president, vice president, and secretary of state as soon as they arrived from Washington, D.C. Trump also said in his Fox and Friends interview, quote, if it weren't for me, Hong Kong would have been obliterated in 14 minutes, adding it was unclear, well, it was unclear what he meant. He added, quote, we have to stand with Hong Kong, but I'm also standing with President Yi. Trump also said of Kellyanne Conway's husband, George, quote, I don't know what Kellyanne did to that guy, calling him, quote, some sort of nut job, and, quote, she must have done some bad things to him because that guy's crazy. So, again, I'm just repeating back the theme. Look who's defending Trump and who's speaking for Trump. It's been Trump. He spoke to reporters just once or twice this week and then went on this bizarre rant for an hour long on Fox and Friends. And he's been tweeting like crazy, but you don't hear, as I'm speaking this week, many Republicans speaking out for him. On Friday, the New York Times reported, in addition to Hill's testimony, U.S. intelligence officials informed senators and their aides that Russia was behind the Yerlong's campaign to frame Ukraine for hacking the 2016 U.S. election. The revelations showed the Russian success not only at sowing discord in the U.S., but also undermining the government of Ukraine and influencing the American political debate. On Thursday, Trump intervened and reversed a U.S. Navy decision to oust Edward Gallagher from the SEALs and lose his trident pin after Gallagher had been the center of a high-profile war crimes prosecution. Trump tweeted, quote, The Navy will not be taking away warfighter and Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher's trident pin, adding, quote, this case was handled very badly from the beginning. Get back to business. On Friday, Navy Secretary Richard Spencer said Gallagher should face a planned Trident Review Board, which could lead to his ouster from SEALs, despite Trump's tweet. On Friday, the Washington Post reported Trump took the advice of Peter Hegseth, a Fox News personality, when he issued, issued pardons last week. Trump called Hegseth numerous times to discuss the issue. Defense Secretary Mark Esper and Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy tried to persuade Trump not to. And senior military officials brought documents and data to a meeting to show Trump he was fed bad information. Trump was lobbied with information that the three cases last week involved overly restrictive rules of engagement during the Obama administration. Trump tweeted Sunday, quote, our great warfighters war must be allowed to fight. On Friday, CNN reported Department of Justice IG Michael Horowitz found a former FBI lawyer is under investigation for allegedly altering a document related to the 2016 surveillance of a Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page. However, the alterations outlined in a draft of the IG's soon-to-be-released report were made by a low-level FBI lawyer who has, not, who has since been forced out of the agency and did not affect the validity of their surveillance subpoena. Horowitz turned the evidence over to the U.S. Attorney John Durham for his investigation of the investigators. The IG report is expected to be released on December 9th. 
Later Friday, Trump told reporters at the White House, quote, I think we had a tremendous week with a hoax, adding, quote, they call it an impeachment hoax, and that's really worked out incredibly well. Trump added he has, quote, tremendous support from Republicans, adding, quote, I don't think I have ever seen support in the Republican Party like we do right now, adding, quote, we've never had this kind of support. Asked if the whistleblower should be fired, Trump said, quote, what whistleblower? I don't think there is one. I consider it to be fake whistleblower, falsely claiming the complaint did not track what he said. On Friday, Chairman Schiff told the LA Times that his committee has begun work in the impeachment inquiry on the report, which will be handed off to the House Judiciary Committee, and they are also not ruling out further hearings. Schiff added, we're not foreclosing the possibility of additional depositions or hearings, but adding, we're also not willing to wait for months and months to let them play rope-a-dope with us in court. On Friday, Politico reported after Thanksgiving, House Democrats are planning to hold at least one hearing on Trump's misdeeds in the Mueller report, fueling possible additional articles of impeachment. Democrats say Roger Stone's trial raised the question of whether Trump lied in his written testimony to Mueller's team relating to WikiLeaks. Democrats also hope to get McGahn's testimony. On Friday, Bolton tweeted, quote, glad to be back on Twitter after more than two months and later explained the White House refused to give me access to my personal Twitter account out of fear of what I might say. A White House spokesperson denied it, saying the White House did not block Mr. Bolton. Trump also denied it on Fox and Friends, saying, of course not, and no, I actually had a good relationship with John. On Friday, a group of conservative-leaning lawyers called Checks and Balances told the New York Times in a statement, quote, in recent months, we have become concerned by the conduct of Attorney General William Barr. The group also said they were so alarmed by Barr's speech last week, they felt the need to push back on his expansive view of executive power. The group sharply denounced abuses of power by Trump. The group also said Barr's interpretation set a dangerous precedent, with one member saying, quote, conservatism is respect for the rule of law, and another saying, quote, it's important for conservatives to speak up. On Friday, Attorney General Barr said in an interview with AP that the death of Jeffrey Epstein was a, quote, perfect storm of screw-ups, refuting statements by Epstein's family that he may have been murdered. Later Friday, the New York Times reported the highly anticipated Department of Justice IG report will sharply criticize lower-level employees for sloppiness, but absolve top-ranking officials of abusing their power over bias against Trump. The report, while not finalized, is expected to show a proper legal basis for the government's applications to monitor Carter Page, but find errors were made, including the use of human sources in the report. I.G. Hurwitz found a low-level lawyer, now we know who it is, Kevin Kleinsmith altered an email used in court to renew Carter Page's wiretap. Hurwitz referred the matter to John Durham, as we spoke about. Kleinsman left the Russia investigation in February 2018, and the IG found he was one of a handful of FBI officials who expressed animus towards Trump in text messages. Kleinsmith resigned two months ago. The report was expected to find no politically biased actions by top officials targeted by Trump, including James Comey, Andrew McCabe, and Peter Strzok, debunking conspiracy theories by Trump and his allies. On Friday, Trump tweeted an altered video of a CNN segment mocking Chris Cuomo, replacing the voice of Cuomo's mother with Trump screaming things like, I want no quid pro quo and fake news.
On Friday, a lawyer for Lev Parnas said he is willing to tell Congress that Devin Nunes, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, went with former Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin about digging up dirt. The lawyer told CNN Parnas learned from Shokin that he met Nunes, quote, in Vienna last December. Congressional records show Nunes and three aides traveled to Europe from November 30th to December 3rd, 2018. The lawyer told CNN, quote, Nunes had told Shokin of a great need to launch investigations into Burisma, Joe and Hunter Biden, and any purported Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election. On Friday, CBS News reported, according to a memorandum of investigative authority, the whistleblower had reached out to Intelligence Committee's IG on October 8th to clarify the nature of their contact. The IG passed the October 18th memo to House and Senate Intelligence Committee, saying the whistleblower acknowledged reaching out to Chairman Schiff, but clarified that nothing substantial was discussed. That's another conspiracy by the Republicans. On Friday, the Washington Post reported Trump has opened up Camp David as a, quote, adult playground and venue to woo Republican lawmakers during the impeachment inquiry, hosted by Mulvaney and White House officials. Trump has called in to compliment lawmakers at the dinners. Trump has also, in recent weeks, stopped attacking Republicans. He's also brought them along to sporting events in an effort to woo them. In recent weeks, Trump has also invited groups of Senate Republicans for lunch on Thursdays. Trump's message at lunches echoes what he's saying publicly, and attendees claim they feel no overt pressure to stay on his side. Late Friday, the State Department released nearly 100 pages of documents to the the, uh, Freedom of Information Request Act to watchdog group American Oversight just before midnight, the court, just before the midnight court imposed deadline. More documents will also be released soon. Documents revealed a clear paper trail between Giuliani and Pompeo in the weeks before Yovanovitch was ousted. The two also spoke on the phone on March 26th and 29th before her recall in April. Late Friday, Trump quoted Jason Chaffetz appearing on Fox News, tweeting, quote, the support for impeachment is not there. I think the Democrats will have to come up with a new game plan. On Saturday, Trump tweeted, quote, Adam Schiff will be compelled to testify should the Democrats decide, despite his calls were totally appropriate, perfect, to go forward with the impeachment hoax. Trump added, quote, polls have now turned very strongly against impeachment and tweeted that Emerson College poll that I mentioned, quoting Joe Concha and tweeting, quote, why you see Pelosi is reluctant to go forward with this. On Friday at a speech at the ADL's International Leadership Awards, Sasha Baron Cohen said social media giants Facebook, Twitter, and Google are, quote, the greatest propaganda machines in history. On Saturday, the Wall Street Journal reported James Barnes, the Facebook employee who was embedded in Trump's 2016 campaign and helped him win and using its powerful tools, left Facebook and will work with Democrats in 2020. A lot this week, folks. Uh, Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Hopefully you can listen to this on your ride to and from and be totally caught up on what happened in another crazy week. And we'll talk to you next week. Happy holiday.